1: All right, we're at the point, it's safe to say, I think, if the Chiefs win on Sunday, the division is officially over, right? Like, we're done here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I did declare it (laughs) dead after week
2: two, which I think some people called premature, but uh, who's laughing now? What is it about you and Chiefs-Chargers matchups that lead you to just end the season? You ended ended the season in week two, Cody. Yeah, I did. I'm looking pretty smart now, aren't I? What was that, a week later, two weeks later, they lose to the
0: Colts? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, we're talking about now, Nick, not then. <laughs> um, look, I mean, there are three games in the division and beaten him twice. What, are the Broncos going to win the next nine games in a row? They'd have a three-game lead on the only team in the division that would have any chance. As a matter of fact, I think the division's over if the Chiefs lose. It doesn't matter. They'd be a game up with the same <laughs> record against each right, okay, other. Okay, So
2: it's just over now is what you're
0: saying. Yes, yeah, <laughs> correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which is what I said after week two, but I stand by that. But if they win it for sure, Nick, it's done, done. Nobody's going to argue there, right? Kayla, Nick, no one's going to fight me on if the Chiefs win,
2: it's over. Mm, no. No, the only thing the only thing that gives me just a slight bit of hesitancy is that the Chargers have a cakewalk of a schedule. There's like two or three good teams remaining. They play the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Raiders. The Dolphins, the Titans, the Colts, the Rams, the Broncos. And I get it. You could say, well, harder than the Dolphins. Chiefs. Yeah. Harder than the Chiefs schedule. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, well, we I, don't have I, to I, play I, you know Miami. What, you know what? I was trying to play devil's advocate and, conv- and trying to come up with a convincing argument as to how it might not be over. But yeah, you're probably right. That's an easier. The Chiefs have the third easiest strength of and schedule the, and, and here's, remaining. Here's the big thing is we have seen that the Chiefs are not susceptible to midseason lulls. But they usually happen in October, not in November and December. This is when the chiefs, at least over the past four years, start to round into postseason form, start to round into championship form. And if you haven't hit your mid-season low yet, it seems unlikely to me that now is going to be the time, unless it's just like an injury issue where you, you just can't overcome it. It seems unlikely that now is going to be the time where all of a sudden the chiefs hit a road bump.
0: Kayla, I assume maybe you've seen this tab, but do you happen to know how many straight November and December games Patrick Mahomes has won?
1: How many straight games? Games
2: in November didn't, and December.
1: Didn't we talk about this the other day? wasn't it like 20 or something. 24. 24.
2: That's yeah, like, like whenever we have trivia questions, we always target them towards Kayla. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I Put me on the spot. Ones, yeah,
2: they're not easy ones either. <laughs> like you have to know a very specific. i like have <laughs> already went back and crunched the numbers. We're actually giving her a point for that. That was close. Twenty was close enough. Thank you.
0: That means that means eight games a year on average between November and December. That means he has gone three years without losing a November or December game. And you're going to tell me he has a three game lead in the middle of or at the end of November? He's got a three game lead on on the division, and he's not even likely to lose a single game. But at best, what one? In December and the rest of November, there's no chance. The Chargers can't recover from it. At least hypothetically, if they lose, somebody can make the argument the division's not over and they've let them back in and they're going to really regret blowing that game last week or they could be tied in the division, the game they blew against the 49ers.
2: But if they win it, it's... Yeah, okay, it's, it's, so I'll go ahead and take that one then. If they if the Chiefs lose this game, so right now Chiefs are 7-2, and two, Chargers are 5-4, and four, so that would be 7-3 and three versus 6-4. and four. Having a one game lead with effectively half a season to go, that division would be very much still up for grabs. I'm not willing to go that far.
1: I am. It'd be similar to the Raiders game. Even if we lose, it's still over.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you guys, you're not saying that because you're like looking at the the schedule. You're just saying that because you don't believe that the Chargers are on the same level as the Chiefs. So it doesn't really matter what happens. But I mean, it's both. This would be a big, I mean, a humongous win for the Chargers. It's a win. This is the biggest game of their season.
0: Does that mean you're afraid? It's like you know, waking a sleeping dog. Essentially, it's like you've woken their season back up. They feel like they're back in it because you might murder their season if you beat them. Hell yes!
2: Because look at how tight the AFC playoff race is going to be. Hmm? Maybe when you just look at the the four division leaders between the Chiefs now, <laughs> now it's the Jets or the Dolphins, excuse me, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Titans and uh Bengals, i think currently in the league
0: patriots uh, at the entire
2: playoff field is the entire
0: afc east right now
2: yeah and then it would be yeah, patriots Super jets deserves. and bills <laughs> yeah so you need to do not i mean like 10 wins you need it might take 11 with the i mean i don't know maybe the afc east will cannibalize itself a little bit but the ravens are still right there as well so the Chargers really, really need to get one of these wins that they're not supposed to get. And this one would be about as big a one as they could have.
1: Um, well, following up on AFC West, this was the year that the other teams were supposed to at least challenge the Chiefs. How long do you guys see this AFC West streak lasting in particular? I mean, I say until Mahomes is no longer the quarterback.
0: Ten, uh, that oh boy, uh, you know what would have the Patriots streak would have been like that if Tom Brady didn't get hurt. If if Pollard hadn't wrecked his knee, they would have won like 20 consecutive division titles. So I think it at least goes to 10. This was supposed to be the year and it's not going to be, which means everyone else is going to have to keep playing catch up. And the Chiefs will have been a two full two years into signing young players cheaply on their roster. So I think it's getting to at least 10 before anybody challenges. the.
1: What is it at right now? Six Uh, six, this year would make
0: it seven,
2: which means three more years after this one is how far I'm willing to go. Okay, let me just I'm not gonna push back, but let me just present a few hypotheticals. (laughs) Let's say that in two years, Travis Kelsey, for the first time in his life, it looks old. You know
0: my stance on this, Nick. He never will. So but if he does, that would be problematic, but that'd give them three years, two years. Okay, so find another weapon. So here's the thing two teams are eliminated. The the Broncos are screwed. They got all they got an albatross of the contract. No coach can fix it. They're done. So they, they're screwed for the next three years. We thought they were going to compete. And the Raiders,
2: what were what, they solving their problem? You just, you live in this world of <laughs> dreams where it's like nothing, zero circumstances could ever lead to the Broncos ever figuring out anything. I mean, I guess Russell I feel Wilson the same way. Better, but... And I mean, like, as much as I, as much as I love your Travis Kelsey take, it's tough for me to like really get behind the idea That Travis Kelsey, a member of the human race, is simply never going to age in a sport where I would argue guys age much faster than in basically every other
0: profession. But he's already doing things like he was already supposed to start aging. You realize that no tight end over the age of 32 has ever had a thousand yard season. So like he's already doing things other people don't. He's already a medical miracle. No tight end it ever had A six, six or six or seven, whatever it is, thousand yard consecutive seasons. The record before that was three with Greg Olson. He already does things that no other human is. I make exceptional circumstances for exceptional players. To me, he already does everything that nobody else does. It's like the Tom Brady effect. At some point at 37 years old, you couldn't keep bringing up the fact that Tom Brady next year was going to be 38 because at 38, he wasn't the same as every other 38 year old. The clock had already been different. So like, to me, I feel like Kelsey lands in that range.
1: Someone's got to be first. Might as well be him. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to move on guys. This is the biggest test of McDuffie's career so far. We know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have both practiced the last two days. So Let's see what our young rookie is up for this weekend.
0: Nick, you know, I'm, I've been a little bullish on on McDuffie. So are,
2: do you think that he's going to fail this test? Or do you agree that it is the hardest test? It's definitely the hardest test. I and mean, when you think about what he's done in his career. Okay, so he has played three games. And really, the first game of the year, it didn't even count as a full game. He has the hamstring injury against the Cardinals, who... That was a mess of a team. It's still kind of a mess of a team. They weren't ready for that. So I kind of wash out that first game. Last two weeks, he faced the Titans, who uh, completed how many passes to wide receivers? Can you- uh, five. It was five. It was five. If this is a Kayla question, it can be, but it's uh- five. To wide
0: receivers.
2: To wide oh, wide receivers. Zero. Zero, yes, that's right. You were giving them far too much credit with five. Five total completions. Zero five to one receivers. Five for most teams would be a low number, but they somehow set the bar even lower with zero. <laughs> and, and against the Jaguars, Christian Kirk, who he was sort of on a little bit, but aside from Christian Kirk, because we know the Chiefs don't do that, where like Sneed's not just going to be on one guy the whole game, yeah. right? So now you go up against a team with two legit weapons and the last time that the chiefs played the chargers we saw justin herbert pick on Jalen watson and going after the rookie cornerbacks a little bit and rashad fenton yeah. they were like hey let's see what you guys have you better believe that he's going to do that with Trent mcduffie knowing that mcduffie's going to play starter snaps so he'll be out there the whole game and i would guess 95 percent of the time he will either be on Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close just compared to what he's had to go up against so far and what he's going to be going up against. And you factor in the fact, I mean, you've got a cyborg at quarterback there in, jo- in Justin Herbert. So, I mean, it's a massive test. And I think for a guy who has passed every test so far, this is an opportunity. There's, there's one of two outcomes here. Either we come away from this game saying, holy shit, this kid is the real deal. This is who the Chiefs thought they were getting in the first round pick. Worst case scenario, you're saying, all right, still a rookie cornerback. He's still got a little ways to go. I don't think there's a doomsday scenario, even if he gets cooked a couple of times. I mean, these are good receivers and a good quarterback and he's a rookie. But those, I think that's kind of your range of outcomes. He's either super impressive and we are going to say, holy cow, this guy's incredible versus, good. Like, all right, all right, we still got a ways to go with this uh, rookie Defensive back class.
0: I think it's specifically it's it's more um, specific to that for me, Nick. It's more about how he does against Mike Williams. He had eight catches for 113 yards and one touchdown. And he did that because all the Chiefs wide receivers are small and he's giant. And eventually they're going to face other big wide receivers uh, like the Chase.
2: You meant the Chiefs cornerbacks are small. Yes. Yeah. The Chiefs corners are small.
0: The Chargers wide receivers are huge, specifically Mike Williams is huge. And he took advantage of that height difference in that last game eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. I want to see because my guess is the Chargers are also going to know that. They're going to know that Trent McDuffie
2: is five foot 10 in the scorebook. They really scrubbed the tape to find that one. They're like, hey, so we found out that this guy. <laughs> He's shorter than you. He's really <laughs> short. You are really tall. He's also a rookie. So we
0: were thinking, you're (laughs) tall, he's short, throw it at you. (laughs) So I feel like that's, but I mean, sometimes it really is that simple. That's the question we've had about this Chiefs cornerback unit the entire time. They've held up really well all year, Nick. But the question we have not been able to answer yet is, when they're all together, can they handle a big wide receiver unit? Because that burnt them last year. The guys that ended up getting them and got them this year, Gabe Davis has gotten them. Gabe Davis got them for a big, long touchdown. Mike Williams has gotten them for 113 yards, as I previously mentioned. Like we saw last year in the playoffs, we saw Jamar Chase go and do that same thing and Gabe Davis again. Those big wide receivers are the ones that cause them problems. And so I would think that they're going to find out where Mike Williams or they're going to find out the Chiefs are if McDuffie can do a better job on Mike Williams than the last guy. So from that perspective, it absolutely is their biggest test. I just believe he's the goods. So in the early going, I think he's been their best cover corner. And I think that he'll continue to be that. But you're right, Nick. We're probably going to come out of this game feeling one of two ways. A whole lot better about him or a whole lot worse. It's hard for me to imagine he's going to let up like four catches for 40 yards, and I'm not going to feel great about it. Because if that's what he does against Mike Williams, I'm going to feel great. But if he comes out of here getting torched or letting up nothing or below that number I just said, then we'll feel pretty good.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I, it, it's tough for me to envision him just getting absolutely abused for four quarters. Same. Maybe he gives up a big play. That's life as a cornerback in the NFL. There are, are like two shutdown corners in the league right now. One is Sauce Gardner. Right, right. Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey, that's about it. So um, if he gives up a big play, whatever, like you, you're going to get beat. You're a cornerback. As long as it's not abusive, as long as it's not yeah. like, oh, you gave up eight catches for 164 yards and a score. I, I think I'll probably live with anything.